Welcome to Meet the iPhone Photographer at the Apple Store, Regent Street in London. Would you please welcome our series host, Dan Rubin. Uh, thanks again for showing up for yet another in our series of Meet the iPhone Photographer. Please uh, give a good round of applause for my guest, Jess McDonald. <laughs> so, Jess, uh, we're going to talk about your um, split personalities, shall we call them on Instagram yeah. in a minute. But um, uh, you've got these two accounts, yeah. which uh, both, I mean, Miss Jess is now up over 100,000 followers, yeah. uh, and, uh, and Miss Underground, which you know, uh, is, is how I first knew about you before even meeting you. Mm -hmm. um, I was a big fan, I'm a big fan of symmetry and, and vanishing points anyway, but the London Underground is this iconic thing, and yeah. you've managed to capture it so consistently over such a long period of time now that I mean, you've even caught the eye of, of TFL, which is cool, and we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Yep. Um, but you're not just a photographer in these, in these uh, particular ways. You, you're also one of the cornerstones of the London Instagram community. Which, um, how did that come about? Um, I guess I just sort of fell in love with, um, with Instagram. And Miss Jess was allowing me to take lots of pictures of everything. But my love was this underground. And so I sort of had to have two accounts for those things. Um, uh, so yes, now I have four or five or six or seven accounts. I, I don't know. But yeah, lots of different ones for different reasons. And uh, so uh, the the um, uh, the community in involvement, the in Instagrammers community, yep. or sometimes called IGers, um, how did that start? I mean, obviously you were shooting with with an iPhone. Were you shooting? Was it just kind of the Miss Underground? Were you was that your focus at that point? I've been Had on it for two months maximum, and I noticed a conversation between two people just discussing meeting up and. Yeah going to a pub and I started you know can I come along and my brother said don't go and I went along and I just met the most amazing bunch of people now had you been shooting much with uh, with your iPhone or any other camera prior no, to just that just iPhone but it was early days when I was still taking pictures of my feet and things <laughs> so uh, so these these initial meetings meetups that you went along to were yep. were they kind of official or were they were just people were meeting up at that point they were official but it was such early days nobody was really sort of calling it anything or yeah. doing anything with it it was just people would go for a walk take some pictures and end up in the pub which is pretty much what we do now <laughs> but um, you know Nothing wrong with that. it was a little bit more you know relaxed and there was only four or five of us so yeah and now, uh, I mean, how, how big is, I mean, there are a lot of different communities as well, especially in a big city like London. Yeah. But uh, how big is the IGers community, the Instagrammers community? The Instagrammers, here? well, we've got 17,000 followers, but we have a good 500, 600 people that come regularly to events. That's amazing. Um, they don't come all at once, but we get, you know, 100 at all. Well, I remember there was, there was uh, when it was back in January, one of the worldwide Instameets, uh, there were over 100 people. Yeah who showed up just to that alone, which yeah. is a, a lot of people when you squeeze them into a pub at the end of uh, a <laughs> yeah. big photo walk. It's kind of cool scary how it's developed over the years. How, but it's how do you see that involvement um, having changed your relationship with both what you shoot and also obviously the it's all it's so much about people. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I wouldn't have met half the people that I know, a lot of them are in the room right now, who are in this local community without having known you and then through that being involved in the community yeah I mean it's, it's developed we've got 17 members now we all do lots of different things different meetups so we don't all have to go to every single meetup mm. but it's a real team effort mm. now that's really cool yeah. uh, so 
So back over to your photography a little yeah. bit. Obviously, Miss Jess and Miss Underground. Miss Underground focuses on the underground. That's yeah. very clear. What, um, what about Miss Jess? What does that do for you? I know you have four, five, six, twelve accounts, but uh, for different purposes. But uh, how do you view this split between those two sides of your interest? Miss Jess is me, what I get up to, where mm. I live, the people I meet. Um, Miss Underground is its own little bubble. She's she just lives in the underground, takes pretty pictures, and just is constantly striving to take better pictures of the underground. Now, how many how many of you who are here tonight um, already follow Miss Underground? Yeah, it's like okay, at least two-thirds, <laughs> three-quarters of the hands. Um, and how many of you followed Miss Underground before you met her through some sort of community event? Like most of the same hands who came up. I mean, it was the same for me. Yeah. I didn't actually know that it was you I when we met at Moo. I was already I following you. I still you. get people going, oh, this is your other account. They, didn't, they don't know. I think know. that happened... Just last weekend, yeah. I saw that happen with someone. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's pretty cool. People don't know, because I didn't advertise that I had two. I just kept it, you know, its own little thing. That's really cool. Mm. I don't know how you do it. That's that's a lot of work. Log it's in, impressive. log out. Log uh, in, yeah. log out. Log in, log out. No, you're, you're, uh, <laughs> to be at the center of, of so many people, though, is, is pretty impressive. Now, um, uh, I want to talk as well about, um, we're going to dive into different aspects of your photography as well as the community involvement. but. Um, you have a, 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 an interesting story on the, the Instagram part. Again, like for, for many of the people who are guests on this series, it's Instagram is the way that I've met them and discovered those people because that, I think, is responsible for photography on, uh, on iPhones becoming a thing. The fact that we have somewhere to share is what that's certainly what did it for me. I was shooting with my iPhone for a while before Instagram was released, um, but it wasn't until Instagram released was released that I was thinking about it every day, and that that became one of my main cameras uh, because I knew that I could get an image taken and shared right away. And that that combination has been really strong. And then beyond that, the people that I get to meet, I've never actually connected with so many people through anything else in my life, and I've actually made proper friendships through it. It's, it's just a really, really unique thing that crosses all sorts of borders, both physical and, and, and uh, you know, borders of, of, of age and, and race and uh, lines of work. You just get people mixing together in all mm. sorts of interesting ways. Uh, and so at one point, you were, uh, you were actually featured, Miss Underground was featured yeah. on the Instagram blog. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. You have a nice screenshot here. Yeah, it was a crazy day. I got an email saying, you know, do you want to be featured? And l luckily I found it in my junk and I went, oh, okay, hi, Bailey. Yes, I'd love to be featured. And then suddenly a week later, um, up, up it popped um, and I took some screenshots because it, it was a, um, a crazy day. Now we'll it notice really the was. Because what, what I like about this is that it kind of highlights um, uh, one of the, you know, some of the weird stuff that can happen with, uh, when you put your photos out into the world uh, in a way everyone can see them, is that you never know who's going to discover them, whether it's just more interesting people and strangers who become friends or uh, you know, something like Instagram itself uh, or even Apple like we are here. Uh, but what's interesting is the timestamp uh, on these. So uh, explain a little bit what these 
So I got these are showing. I got a Twitter notification because like Instagram goes straight to Twitter, and I got a notification saying that the blog was live. Um, so I literally looked at my phone, took a screenshot um, of the blog on Instagram, and then I went straight to my account and took a screenshot again. So you can see there's a minute difference between the two. <laughs> it was a very fast hour. Um, and then within five minutes, I think it is, the next shot, yeah, five minutes, I jumped from 8,000 to 10K. I was really proud of my 8,000. I'd even done a ghost following that I'd got rid of over 1,000 followers. I was really proud of my 8,000. And then suddenly it went that magic tick, and then you've not got the little individual numbers anymore. And um, yeah, it was great. And then it kept going up every time I refreshed my phone. I had to go and have a drink in the pub. I was just <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, it's really the the, the um, this kind of singular focus on the underground and these passageways. And I've, I've been lucky enough to, uh, uh, to go underground with Jess and a handful of other people in different, different groups. Um, a number of times in the last year and change since I've been living here, mm. and uh, and it's just it's just so cool to kind of see how well you know the underground because of this obsession uh, with it because that's yeah. really what it is. I mean, uh, um, anything good revolves around some sort of obsession, I think, and uh, but also how how much effort it can take sometimes to get an empty passageway. Because they're not all empty. I mean, I know we, we've got some shots we're going to talk about later that where you specifically had to you know, wait insane amount of times. Uh, there, there's no Photoshop trickery in this or, or touch-retouch trickery uh, even. Th it, it's you're actually kind of being very patient, patient. or picking the right times, right? Yep. Now, did that happen from the beginning? I think I started to go on Sundays and Saturdays and just sort of find little pockets of emptiness. But then generally now my feed... I don't have time at weekends, I'm far too busy, but now it'll just be when I'm in Oxford Street, I'll yeah. wait, and I'll wait, <laughs> and then I'll <laughs> just see what happens. Photography, uh, I, I love taking pictures of crowded, normally crowded spaces, but empty, and I, I, I don't like doing that the easy way, like waiting until the middle of the summer, waking up at 4 a.m. and waiting for the light when no one's there. That's too easy. So I'll find myself standing in some places for you know, an hour waiting for that two seconds where there's no one in the shot. It's a real rush, actually. It You've is. Been waiting it's great for 20 minutes, half it. an hour, 40 minutes, and you're yeah, freezing Yeah, and then people cold. are like, how did you get that shot? Yeah. Like, it was a pain in the butt. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, and bef before we get into talking about some of your specific themes that kind of drive your photography, I do think it's really exciting to let everyone know that this, this like personal obsession, is kind of turning into something bigger. As I said earlier, TFL, Transport for London, has kind of taken notice, and in a good way. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't uh, look kindly on just anyone doing projects that are to do with the underground. It's private property, and they, they're, they're very careful about that control, ret uh, retaining that control. But um, you're in talks with them about doing a book yep. and doing an exhibition, yeah. which is really cool. Right? Cool. <laughs> yeah, everyone here is going to buy it when it comes out. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so is that something we can look forward to next year? I think? Yeah, next year. When really I give it a cool. bit more time after my wedding, I'll um, <laughs> yeah, we'll get onto that. But the exhibition won't be just my photos. I'm really sort of 
going to be quite strict about that. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to get more people involved. Because you've inspired a lot of people to do the same. Which yeah, is but cool. the underground isn't always empty. It's full. It's yeah. busy. There are people, you know, there are trains. I don't take pictures of the trains. Lots of people take pictures of the trains, the inside of the trains. There's so much more to it yeah. than just my empty shots. That's so going to be very cool to it's see. It's going to be fun. Cool. Stay tuned. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to talk about some of some of your, your photos uh, themselves. Um, and especially the stories here. So um, one of the things that I love about uh, what Jess uh, decided to talk about this evening is that no one else who's been a guest so far in the series has seemed to be eager to talk about and show their early photos. So I think all of us, we, if we look at the pictures that we took years ago, we might not be as happy with them as what we're shooting today. That just happens. Uh, one of my favorite quotes about this is from, uh, or by uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson, where he essentially said, your first 10,000 photos are your worst. And I believe that. I think you just have to keep shooting and shooting and shooting. And, and even if they're not bad, they're just never as good as what they will be, because you keep refining, you keep getting better, whether it's with the shot, with the edit, everything else. Yeah. And most people, for obvious reasons, aren't necessarily comfortable with letting people see what they used to take, what they used to shoot, what their edits used to look like. I even know some people who have deleted like thousands of pictures from their Instagram accounts because they, they don't like them anymore, which is up, up to you or up to you. But you wanted to share some of where you started. And I think that's really great because your style has changed, especially with the Miss Underground stuff. It has. I mean, I do have the very first picture I put on Instagram is still there on nice. Miss Underground. Me too. It's a picture of some snowdrops. But I kept it there, sort of principle. This was the first photo when you upload it and you go, yes. And then some strange person likes it and you're like, wow, that's <laughs> amazing. But yeah, when I first started taking pictures of the underground, um, I didn't set out to do it. It just sort of naturally happened. And I was taking more and more pictures of you know, my feet. And then somebody would go, no, 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 post an underground picture, post an underground picture. More and more underground pictures. And then suddenly I couldn't post a picture of our Instamate because then someone, you know, it just felt wrong. So I had to have the second feed. But when I started taking pictures of the underground, I was fascinated by the colors and the lights. And I had Snapseed and I just go filter, you know, and I'd saturate them all up. Um, uh, and I wasn't really looking at the angles. I, you know, there's so many little niggly bits about these photos that just drive me mad now. But I've kept them there because they're actually uh, fun to go back and say, oh, yeah, that station was awesome. I'll go back and do that now. Well, and it's part of your story too. Yeah. It's um, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be doing what you do now without those, and and also without that community interaction too. Yeah. Um, and you've also you also did some other take some other angles of the underground too. I think this is neat um, using using the art. Yeah, the, the ads as art basically. The adverts. I mean, even I was coming out of Oxford Street, um, Oxford Circus, and. The Calvin Klein black and white, is they're beautiful. I couldn't take some before tonight, but the adverts just change the space that you're walking through, um, and you don't normally see them. But when they're empty, this color can just change an entire corridor, can change the lights, can change everything. Yeah. So um, it becomes a living uh, exhibition space. So let's talk a little bit about, like specifically, some of your early work here. I mean, this is definitely, you turned this into an ultra green park, yeah. didn't you? Well, yeah, it's a funny, uh, Green Park hasn't been developed yet, but at the moment there's still all these beautiful colours that are sort of 
probably from the 80s or 70s, these panels. And these colours just pop at you if you're looking for them. Yeah. And then you turn around the corner, it's red, and then you turn around the corner, and Green Park is white. And then, it, it, you know, it's got there's so many colours going on in that station, it's crazy. Um, uh, yeah, I just love the fact that there are still these little bits of colour. I mean, they've, they've completely taken all the blue tiles out of Embankment Station, so there's no colour. It's going to be boring, but... Um, you know, uh, that's what I used to look for. I used to look for those little sparks of colour just mm. to bring out. Um, yeah, it's a little bit in your face, that shot. <laughs> but, you know, I have learned a lot from that. Have you gone back and taken, re reshot any, any of those early yeah. angles? Lots of them, but again, with the adverts and different things that have changed, they, yeah. they change every single time. They're not the same. Yeah. But, uh, Plus all the redevelopment. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Um, and then this is, so this this image also has a has a story behind it that's yeah. again Instagram related. So this was um, so again I was fascinated by all these little interconnecting corridors and the people that whizzed past them and you know instead of getting them empty sometimes I'd catch someone in and I'd just put that one in because I like the reflections and stuff and um, put it on Instagram. And I was very busy that day. I was in hospital with my mom. She was having chemotherapy. And I got this notification through that it went on the popular page. And I sort of was doing a little dance next to my mom in her hospital bed going, <laughs> I'm so sorry, mom. Um, it's just that I just, uh, and she doesn't understand it or get it really. But um, the idea was that, you know, it was the first time I got on the popular page. I still only had like 300 followers. But the ratio of the popular page at that time was, uh, I was like, oh, it's so exciting. Um, but yeah, it was a it was an interesting day. Like, oh, oh. Did you did yeah. you see a change in um, in your involvement with like with just shooting on the iPhone, especially like after seeing that kind of positive feedback from from the the Instagram community, like seeing people not just you know, obviously you've got stages where you're you're sharing and people are liking it, and that mm. shows you that people are seeing it and reacting to it but after something like this when you get you a little bit of more after yeah you get a little bit of a sort of um you have to sort of put a bit more thought into your photos because as soon as you realize that more than five people are actually liking your photos you've got to put a little bit more thought into it and oh i could try this next time or i could try that so it does it just opens your eyes to, to more stuff and yeah but i was still excited then that was three years ago so yeah I'm still an excited person about Instagram. Yay! I, th I think that's okay, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so going away from um, from London for a bit, uh, what I another fascinating thing about this not just the the fact that you've inspired people to look at the uh, the underground here uh, in a different way, but it's it's happened anywhere that there are subways. And I mean that uh, not that. No, not suggesting that it, you know it was it was all you, all, but I think yeah. a lot of it, a lot of it was that people need to see something to be inspired by it, um, and and that's now translated to when you travel, your obsession travels with you, yeah. um, which I think is pretty, pretty darn cool because there are subways and metros, all over the place. Yeah, and in fact that picture on the right is uh, Toulouse, and I tweeted on the way to Toulouse that. I wouldn't be able to post anything on Instagram. And then I got there and went, oh, no, there is one. Ah, it's fine. So I went down there. I spent hours down there. It was great. 
but yeah, it, it opens your eyes. Every time you go to a new city, you're like, ooh, when can I get down the underground? What, what is this fascination with, with these passages for you, though? I think they're just on a bigger bizarre, level. beautiful spaces that not everyone sees them the same way I do. Did you, did you have this obsession before photographing it? Like no, did it not at all. I mean, I, I've always liked architecture and things, mm. but being able to capture it on my phone um, and share it with people, and they just love the sort of beauty. I mean, somebody designed them. Um, somebody put attention into the light details and the handrails, you know. Why shouldn't we appreciate them now? So, you, so you, weren't, um, you weren't carrying around a camera before shooting on an iPhone then? No, I, I used to take film photography a long time ago, but as soon as I got my iPhone, it was just take pictures with it. I mean, you w you've, been, you've been to a lot of cities that, um, that have subways and undergrounds. Um, is, that, is that something that you build? D are you building trips specifically around that? Or if you know you're going somewhere, you make sure that you I've take done time some to research. stop I've done yeah. two trips to Paris, not for underground reasons, but I did research on the deepest um, escalator here yeah. um, and bits and bobs. And I did a, a little bit of research, um, Washington on the right, but generally I was, I was taken around that station. Where so. where haven't you been? What cities are on your your hit list that uh, have subways or metros that you'd Everyone love to see? Everyone constantly messages me. There's some in Istanbul, Lisbon, um, even Barcelona and Madrid, I think, have a couple of stations. Mm. There's one in Liverpool I've got to see, apparently. Um, but yeah, Vienna, um, Prague, um, Moscow, Stockholm, there's there's loads, and people are like, come, come come see, come see, I'll show you around. That's pretty so fantastic. Yeah, there's not enough time. But yeah. Yeah. I think that also, that, that shows you've, s you've sparked people's imaginations as yeah. well. Uh, so this one, this, this yellow beast is actually one of my, one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. Where is this? This is in Berlin, and I had to travel about 40 minutes north to get to all the very cool stations, which are like all brightly colored. Um, took me ages to get up there and then I realized that I literally only had an hour and a half to get to the other side of Berlin to fly home. So I literally was going from an orange station to a red station to a blue station going, what's the next one going to be? I've got to go back. Um, but yeah, I, I was on my knees for this shot for about 20 minutes going, come on, come on, come on. Um, but yeah, it's totally worth it. Is that ever awkward anymore? I mean, no. was it ever? Because obviously people are passing you as you're of standing or squatting or sitting or whatever bending down awkwardly in the middle of <laughs> a crowded station i got caught gramming once i was in waterloo and i was literally on my knees and then i heard this voice going jess jess I was like, what the hell is that coming? and um yeah some instagrammers came up behind me and went boo and i was like oh yeah but no i'm i'm usually aware of people around me yeah um especially if a train's coming in or a train's coming out i'll stand up and move and then get back into position so yeah uh, and we've got a bit of a theme here, not just in the colors, uh, uh, but in this being Germany again, yep. but not Berlin. No, this is Munich. And I had about 45 minutes to rush around <laughs> Munich. I missed lunch at this event that we were going to. And I just, um, yep, I grabbed Shane, Vincent Chambers, and we ran around the metro like crazy. Um, and I got three or four beautiful shots, which I was really proud of. But I need to spend more time down there because the colors were just amazing. Mm. Now, do you, um, I know you shoot a lot just on your own. Mm -hmm. um, it's just as you're commuting. But uh, like you were saying there, you kind of grabbed someone and took them along with you. I, I know a lot of people, when they come to London, 
try to, you know, they get in touch with you and they, they mm -hmm. because of your knowledge of the stations and where the good places are, it's obviously, it's a big network. Yeah. And uh, uh, do, you, do you find that you, you enjoy shooting with other people and showing them these places more than on your own or is it just they're, they're totally different things? It's a different experience. Yeah. Um, if I'm on my own, I, I don't have any restrictions other than where I'm supposed to be going. Um, and I'm always late now, <laughs> but um, when I'm with someone, I'm chatting to them. And if it, you know, if they've come from abroad, and I'm chatting to them about Instagram and bits and bobs, it's um, yeah, it's a different experience because then I'm going, now where am I going to take you next? You know. Now, um, I think that's a good transition into into kind of our next topic. Then the people, um, both who come here and the people you see when you're traveling to some of these other cities. Um, this uh, connecting theme of, of the underground, of the subways, of these, this public transportation, basically, that anyone who lives in a city that has it feels some sort of kinship to people who live in other cities that also have it. I mean, I've found that with, I've got a lot of friends who live in New York, I've got friends who live in Paris, uh, I've got plenty of friends here now as well, and um, whenever I'm in any of those other cities, like, there's just something that that's, it's a bond, much like the bond that, that you know, Instagram forms with people through photography. Uh, so when you have both of those overlapping, where you find other people who have a love for their metro or their mm -hmm. subway, um, like, is that, is that clearly like a different connection with all these people? Um, I had a moment when I was with um, Underground NYC, mm. and we were just saying exactly the same things you know, what details we were looking for. We had this really unique connection that I hadn't experienced with any other Instagrammer where he just got me. He just knew about the waiting. He knew about the thinking and the lines and looking and, you know, tilting the camera, moving up and down and all that. We just got each other. We just had a really, yeah, special connection. That's cool. Yeah. Um, no, that's really neat. I mean, you've, you've met so many people, I'm sure, through this yeah it was a it was a it sort of happened organically i got asked um by uh, chris connolly if i would shoot the underground with him and i put him in my pictures and it was something that i'd stayed away from for so long mm. but because he was such a nice guy and i didn't know much about him at the time um but i knew he had a lot more followers than me um so i was going to take a picture of him and he went for dinner with me the night before this and uh said I've got a new job, by the way. It's at Instagram. And I said, don't break my Instagram. <laughs> and he was very sweet. But he said, don't tell anyone. Um, and so we went shooting in King's Cross the next night and missed the last tube. I had to get a taxi back. He was really graceful. Proper dedication. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like putting somebody in my tube was a different thing than just taking a picture of the space. Yeah. It and I don't know if, if you guys can see the lone figure on the left there all the way at the end of the the tunnel, but that's, yeah, that's Chris Connolly, who's, uh, I think, still uh, uh, one of the lead designers at Instagram. Mm. Um, He's a gentleman, lovely yeah. guy. Yeah, really nice guy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, I think that photo on the right is actually the first time that yeah. I got to go into the underground. Like, that's a group of people. You can't see it, and I'm one of them. And it's, it, was just, it was just really cool to kind of wander. And then there's Ed yeah. doing, an, doing a float. Ed's levitation, you know, floating... Uh, Shots are great, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, he doesn't do too many of those. I'm going to have a go at him. <laughs> They're brilliant. He just does this float. Um, yeah. Um, and I mean, we, we have a couple of specific shots here to talk about. So this, this guy. This guy. 13th Witness. 
Anyone out here follow Thirteenth Witness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where's he? Where's he based? I mean, he's in the U.S. Um, it's, uh, it's either L.A. or Chicago or um, I can't actually remember. Uh, embarrassingly, but he goes everywhere. Um, he just yeah, no, uh, just travels. an absolutely fantastic photographer. Mm. And uh, w- this was this was here. So this is Southwark, but um, he'd. He'd emailed me and we'd were WhatsApping and uh, said, "Do you want to meet?" And I was like, "Okay, crazy man with half a million followers, it's fine." Um, and then he stood me up. I was at St James's Park for half an hour, and then I got this message going, "Oh, sorry, dude, I've got to go to this thing." And I was like, "Okay." Um, but then the next night he came along. I brought David along for moral support, <laughs> but he was great. And again, he used his iPhone. Didn't always use the big camera which he was carrying, but he did a couple of shots. And he was very mysterious, didn't say a lot, but just sort of nodded a lot. Yeah, that was him. So that was good. And it was the night before the blog went live. Oh, so that post yeah. that we looked at earlier. So, uh, you know, I, had I only had 8,000 followers, but he still wanted to meet me, which was nice. Well, that's, th- that's the thing, is that it's, it's um, I mean, everyone's relationship with, uh, with any kind of social media and followers is different. And some people are pros, some people are con. We're not here to talk about that, but... Um, but that's one of the things that that I think your your obsession again kind of inspires other people in such a way that it just it again that that doesn't matter that's not why people are are interacting with you it's because of this shared obsession with these shapes with these tunnels these passageways especially when they're empty mm-hmm. um, but I I do love whenever I see a figure show up in them because that's the that's the kind of that's the other side of this particular coin with you. Uh, I, I think it's pretty easy to see uh, over the course of, of this little chat tonight that people and the community kind of are, are this recurring theme when it comes to Jess. She's you're you're a you're a bit of a social butterfly in that way, and in, in the most positive sense of that of that term, you connect people, you bring people together, whether it's for a big meet, a small gathering of friends, or just taking one visitor. Out of out of town guest kind of into the underground for forty minutes, um, yeah. It's just there's always it's always something to do with people, which I think makes your obsession with the empty underground passages even more interesting as a as a concept and a theme. You can go away and think about that for a while. Um, <laughs> but uh, so this one, tell oh me yeah. about this because I know that this took some effort, some of that effort and patience we were talking about earlier. This is this is Jack imagination detonation, which I can't say without saying that. But um, he'd <laughs> been uh, he'd been in London for a while. We'd met up a couple of times, but we made this dedicated evening of going around Bank Station, mm. um, and we'd taken a few shots. But this was one, and he knew that I was going to get it, and he he sort of positioned himself fairly high up the escalators, and I got myself ready. But obviously, bank, even late at night, there's the odd person floating through. And he just stood there like an absolute soldier for 20 minutes, just (laughs) not moving at all. Just really like, I'm going to be in this shot, like really proud of that. And um, yeah, we got the shot and he was actually really chuffed with it. Um, So yeah, it was was great. There is something fantastic about patience just to get the right thing, isn't there? Yeah. Um, So now, um, for those of you who aren't, familiar with the format yet uh we we don't want to go away without talking a little bit about what you do with with the apps on your phone like how how you edit after you shoot and maybe even a little bit about 
kind of how you shoot. I think a lot for you is, is the patience and now the alignment and just waiting for the right moment for sure. But um, tell us a little bit about some of the apps that you're going to demo for us. So I guess for a while, I was obviously oversaturating things and making them completely different to what they were. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong not with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, and then I fell in love with Visco, which obviously gives you just such a subtle filter yeah. and just a little bit of a touch more color. Because sometimes the um, artificial lights can throw you a bit. And just by giving it a tiny bit of filter just makes it a little softer and a little bit more appealing. On the white balance, especially yeah. under uh, underground, well, uh, it's, it's almost entirely uh, fluorescent, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got a lot of kind of greens coming through and... Yeah, you're much better at that image. stuff than me. I just, <laughs> I just like the pretty pictures <laughs> and make them look nicer. But um, so Visco, yeah. um, and I've included Screw It because recently you've pointed out a number of times that I'm tilting the camera at the wrong angle, and sometimes that's throwing some of the lines, and sometimes that's helpful. I know, I know you have a little bit of that OCD streak. A little bit. So it, it, it's an amazing tool that just can straighten up those lines. Even yeah. if I think I'm holding the camera dead straight, yeah. I'm just a little bit off. And sometimes the, the posters need just a little bit of correction. And so it's very, very helpful with that. That's um, neat that you're going to be talking about that because Matthew's here sitting in the audience. Matthew's the guy behind Screw It, yeah. which is cool. It's cool. Um, and then Touch Retouch. Yeah. Um, just to clean up those photos, because there's a few stations that are a bit dirty. There are people, I've, I've heard people say this, and I know you've, you've heard a lot of it. There are people who, who try to accuse you of, of just retouching the people out of these yeah. underground passages, which, Come again, is I'm, it's probably pretty clear now that it's not the case. It's just a ridiculous amount of patience, and sometimes luck, I, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, But you definitely. still... Again, that OCD-ness, we're going we're gonna to see some of the stuff that you do yes. clean up. Because it's yeah. okay to clean things up, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I think this is a good time then to start showing us how you do things. Yeah. So, so what are we going to see first? Here? I was going to show you Screw It first, because that's usually my first port of call is Screw It. Now, Screw It um, is uh, uh, a perspective correction and lens correction app. Uh, certainly one of my favorites, and since it came on the scene just a, a handful of months ago, um, it's become a favorite of a lot of people because especially if you like taking shots of anything that has lines in it that should be parallel, uh, this is basically the, the easiest and most straightforward way to fix it. Uh, for those of you who, who don't know why we get kind of what's normally called parallax distortion, there's also lens distortion, but parallax distortion is because this this device as a phone, or as, as a camera rather, much like a, a DSLR or anything else where you've got a fixed lens and film plane, any kind of tilt where the lens and film plane isn't parallel to the parallel lines you're shooting will result in those lines kind of disappearing. They won't be parallel in your image anymore. Um, in, in larger cameras, you can, uh, you know, obviously you can fix this in Photoshop and other tools on the desktop, but there are actually cameras that are uh, uh, capable of adjusting the, the film plane and the lens plane separately, view cameras, and they're amazing. Um, so what an app like Screw It allows us to do is act as if we had uh, a view camera in our phone and we can do those adjustments after we've taken it, which is fantastic. So what are you gonna, talk us through what you're, what you're going to fix here and why so you think to open it in Screw It. This photo isn't actually that bad, but I would say that I'm not quite not quite in the center. And I'm also going to 
tilt it a little bit, I think. That way. Just a little bit. So I'm not making huge alterations, but I think I'm just going to tweak it a little bit and maybe a bit of straighten. Just a tiny bit. I do so pride myself on being quite straight. So uh, <laughs> if, you can, if you exit this edit for a second, just so we can see oh the yeah. icons along the bottom. Uh, so those first, well, except for the, the, the undo one, those first kind of three, the straighten and then the two different plane adjustments, those are the, yeah. those are the kind of main ones for correcting architectural images, right? Yeah, they're the ones I use all the time. So yeah, just by straightening it, tilting it a little bit, up a bit, well, I'm happy with that shot. Okay, so you'd you'd make those corrections, yep. and what's your next? So now I'm happy step. with the actual basic sort of shot. I will save it, and I'll put it into Visco. So you're importing that image that you just saved into the yeah the internal library in Visco Cam. Yeah, and then probably what I'll do is go into the tools, add a tiny bit of sharpen. Um, actually, I'll probably go into the filters and have a little look. Is there a is there a kind of a set of of edits that you typically find yourself doing it's to the, the underground stations images? If it's darker stations, I treat it a little bit differently. But this is quite a light white station, so mm. I'll definitely try and brighten it up. Um, probably with this one, and just give it that kind of spaceship feel. So yeah, so you can see actually what it was before. And what Jess is doing here is tapping and holding on the image. So if you haven't figured that out yet, uh, Visco Cam and a lot of other editing apps, uh, including Instagram, now that it has its more advanced editing tools in it, while you're making your changes, you can tap and hold on the image. And it's kind of a hidden control that while you're tapping and holding, it shows you your before. And you can very quickly there go bef between your before and after. It's nice because actually useful. sometimes you get really stuck in an image. Yeah. And sometimes it's just nice to go, oh yeah, there we go much better. So that's what I would do with those two apps. I'd make sure that the image is correct and then I'll pop it into Visco and just add either. That's actually quite a lot of editing for Visco. I'd normally add a tiny bit of brightness mm. and then a bit of filter. Now I want to see how and when you end up using Touch Retouch because that's again one of my one of my personal favorite apps um, just because it's it's kind of like magic. It's just the little annoying details. I mean, this is actually quite a dark photo, but sometimes when you have tiles that have chewing gum that just are really annoying, that's when I use this a lot. But I would say that I just clone out all the little annoyances which just catch my eye. Now, what I, what I really like about how you use Touch Retouch is you use the, the clone stamp, yeah. essentially, which is... That's what the tool has is, is been called in, in Photoshop for years. And um, uh, Touch Retouch is capable of kind of just allowing you to draw a little mask and automatically doing its thing, which is what most people do. It's how I tend to use it. But you just go directly for the, the manual control most of the time. I just like the idea of cloning just something right next to it yeah. and making it look as natural as possible. Um, not you can't always get rid of all of the marks, you know, and actually that's part of the charm of the underground is it's quite old and it's yeah. got a lot of little lumps and bumps, but sometimes just by getting rid of the bigger ones, you can see that. How much time do you think you spend sometimes on this step? How obsessive have you become at the 
at the furthest end of the spectrum. I try not to get too obsessed with it, but then you can sort of go right in the back and go, oh, there's a little bot there. And I could be I could be here for a while, but um, for this one, I didn't actually need to do a lot of tidying up. It was it was all right, but I have actually moved rubbish out of the way as opposed to time later. I'm going to have to touch it out. <laughs> I've just gone and picked it up and moved it. So yeah, that would be it. But yeah, I think that's a little bit tidier. But just taking those few little niggly bits out or chewing gum on the tiles is just yeah. really annoying. So yeah, I don't actually physically clean the, the stations. I just touch them out. Well, to me, it, it's an interesting thing. I mean, this isn't, uh, this kind of photography is art. It's not journalism. You're not necessarily trying to create uh, an historically accurate representation. I mean, it is in a way, but uh, you're also allowed, just like with, with, with the edit and your presets and, and uh, changing the exposure, you're, yeah. you're creating something that feels to you like whatever it felt like to you, I'm guessing. Not everybody sees the underground, I see it. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing. Yeah. You can add a little bit of light, make it look like a spaceship or not. So yeah. uh, how... You said that you mentioned that that image before the previous image in Visco's, that was a lot of change yeah. compared to your normal, um, where it didn't actually seem like a lot of change for me. I mean, w so what would you do for this one once you popped it into uh, to Visco Cam? This one doesn't need a lot. It's um, I think we just might add a tiny bit of light to it. But again, I love I love the filters on Visco because it just changes the photo so much dramatically. You can just, just go, oh, look, that one's even nicer. Do you find yourself using using a, a similar like filters and presets? Like I have my two or three favorite, but then yeah. I think it's because I'm so used to the artificial light. It's interesting I use different ones for Miss Jess that I do for Miss Underground. Really? Yeah. So you do have a style that that is specific to the underground shots? I just think I, I always go for the lighter ones because yeah. I want to try and make them pop out or some things. I think that's really interesting that your your so your your editing style is different based on based on the theme. So it's not just that you have a style as a photographer. You have you've managed to develop independent styles for each of these personalities, <laughs> these photographic personalities. You're making me sound crazier. Uh, you are a little crazy. <laughs> See, I can <laughs> say that because we're friends. So yeah, I just think just a small amount of work on that one. Probably just sharpen it a bit. And what I love about seeing this stuff is that um, you know, one, of the, one of the reasons why I think this, this segment of, of these evenings is so important is that we never get to see what someone else does to their images. We are typically, we're always seeing the end result. And for a lot of us, that means that we look we look up to a lot of photographers for the finished product not for the work that it took to get there and I think it can be not just educational to kind of see what it took but like just e even even me now getting I've watched you edit before but but we've never really talked about the fact that in general your underground shots don't need a lot of editing but a lot of people might look at them and think that there's a lot of editing involved because of know just how they're lit naturally mm. and what colors there are there naturally and the textures and it, you're not doing anything crazy to bring those out they're just there and uh, that the before and after is it's 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 noticeable but it's not as crazy as some people might think and I, I think exposing that 
I think I've gone through that kind of, you know, let's try and jazz up all the colours and actually yeah. the underground is beautiful. It doesn't need a lot of tweaking. It needs a little bit of lightness because it's quite dark in some patches, but generally speaking, you know. But anyway, so please give Jess uh, a big round of applause for being here tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Now, the way questions work here, if you could raise your hand, uh, I'll do my best to, to see everyone. Um, and there are microphones here that will be taken to you. So if you could just wait until the microphone reaches you to ask your question, then it will be heard both by us and everyone else here, but also on the podcast. So you, sir, I, you are eager to raise your hand. Let's just give it to you first. Do you have a favorite station in London? Everyone mm. asks me that. Oh, um, good. No, not really. I love Waterloo, but that's just because it's kind of my local station. Um, bank, just because it's got so many different amazing tunnels, but no, not really. I change my mood. Sometimes, I, uh, sometimes I'll go and I'll go to Euston, and I'll just spend hours in Euston and just fall in love with the tunnels. So. Do you have a hit list as well? Hit list. Uh, yeah, I've got a few that I haven't got. A few escalators. Holborn, the big four. Um, there's a couple of others that, yeah, I want to get. But they're early mornings, I think. Actually, uh, if you can pass that microphone right in front of you, then that's... You've kind of answered my question. Oh. I was, okay. was going to say, there's 270 stations in London. Yes. What ones haven't you been to? But you've kind of answered that already. Well, yeah, and I, I haven't been to the overground ones. Just because somebody said to me, you know, why don't you go to the ones that are overground and why don't you, you know, take photos of the platforms and things? And I just, I'm fascinated by the tunnels and the lights and those kind of, and the escalators. And Clearly the uh, overground will have to be a separate book. <laughs> that's yeah. just, that's <laughs> a part two. Book. Yeah, sure. Oh, great question. Cool. Uh, who's next? Uh, all the way at the back over here. Hi, my name is Richard. Um, cheeky uh, plug, my handle is Buckinghamshire. <laughs> I have to, uh, but yeah, I've, I've there's been a, a discussion that's been uh, kind of roaring on between me and my colleagues and friends, whatever, based around the new emerging interest for people to use uh, framing for their photographs to make them a rectangular format. And uh, there's been kind of two sides of the argument. I'm a traditionalist myself, but you know, I just wondered if you, what you thought, what your thoughts were on the merits of, of either of those. Um. It's a personal taste thing. I, yeah. I wouldn't not like a feed because they use the white borders or not, but you just fall in love with different people's feeds because they, they create these personalities and whether they do, you know, the only thing that bugs me is if people go from one to the other and it, I can't really read the feed, but there it's just personal I taste. I've seen some, there are some people doing interesting things with, with it and it is just personal taste. I mean, uh, uh, but a, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Finn, uh, photographer from Wales, who's going to be a guest uh, as well uh, on this series. Um, you know, he does this wonderful kind of, he, he restricts himself to four by five and alternates portrait landscape, portrait landscape, which creates a completely different feel to the flow of his feed. And, um, and it's a different constraint. And I think that ultimately that's the thing. It's personal preference, but if you're using it as a constraint, I use the square as a constraint. I also use just shooting on a smartphone of some sort, and it's mostly an iPhone. And yeah. I, I still play around with other, other things when I get the chance. Um, but the square and the and the iPhone are the that's the constraint for me and doing everything on the device. Someone ask, actually asked me recently. They said, "Well, don't you don't you take the the images that you shoot on your iPhone and take them onto your Mac and edit them in Photoshop?" I'm like, "No, I do everything on on an app because there's an app for that." And it r there really is. You can uh, if you spend time digging around. If you think, "Ah, oh, you know, it would be really great if I could do this." Like just a couple of weeks ago, I really wanted to. Uh, 
essentially take two different edits that I had and merge them because I just couldn't get this one particular yellow in one of my images from Paris a few weeks back to feel the same as, the, uh, as I wanted the rest of the images to, to feel when I got that edit right. And so I had these two edits, and I said, well, those yellows I love from here, and but the rest of the image I love on this edit. And I dug around for an app that allowed me to do layers and masking, and there was one. And it five minutes later, I bought the app, done the edit, and had my, my thing. And it was just, it was like, it's, it's fun for me. And I, so whatever the constraint is, whether it's square or not square, whatever it happens to be, it's the point is, is that it, 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 if it's fun for you and it's something that continues it's gonna be making fun. you want to do it, then, then yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it, is there? No. But no. It's, f it's so much fun to see the arguments. Yeah. Discussions, discussions. Next question. Kay. Hand over, oop, there you go, right in the back. So I have two questions. Okay. Um, first, not coming from England, not being from London, is there a, a like an unmissable station that everybody should go visit, see, you have to, you know, not I pr visit? I'd probably say Bank Station. Bank has these beautiful long tunnels um, and these beautiful escalators where for some reason somebody designed these beautiful metal handrails. Um, and even when you're going up there, you're just like, why did anybody do that? I mean, I've not walked up and down them much, but you know, they're these beautiful attention to details. So yeah, Bank, Bank Station is beautiful. I also, after you having shown me it, there, there, there are so many hidden gems around Gantz Hill. It was just this stunning kind of Art Deco style design before World War II, like just weirdly old retro design. It's just amazing. And it's just somewhere out on the, the hidden end of the central line that no one would go to unless you live out there, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, that's the fantastic thing about it is that the range of styles is amazing. And so uh, I would almost say that that answer could also depend on what what style you like. Yeah. yeah, if you want something old, there's something old. If you want something really modern, there's something really modern. If you want something with really crazy lighting or crazy stairways, there's there's something, mm -hmm. there's kind of something for everyone, which is yeah. neat. Uh, next question. I have two. Oh, you have two? <laughs> oh, I don't Sorry. know. Do we have, I think we have to charge extra. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So what's the weirdest, most bizarre thing that's ever happened to you while photographing under there? Uh, um... I was in Paris and I was getting completely lost and um, I couldn't find my way out or anywhere and then I got in this lift and it went down and I'm like, ah, where am I going? And this lift smell of urine and horribleness and then it opened up and there was this wall of smell and I'm like, oh my God, there were tramps outside of this. I have no idea where I was and I walked around and I'm like, I'm going to die on my own. And then I walked around and there's this beautiful red tunnel with these travelators on it it's just wow but i could only spend about 20 minutes there and i was like waiting waiting going oh, i can't breathe but it was worth it but yeah that's probably the worst sort of moment i've had yeah that was fun i, I suppose it could get so much worse potentially that well if, if that's your weirdest then that's okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> we have time for one more question uh here and of course we'll be kind of hanging out uh, after the session is done as well. So if you have more questions, just come up to us and ask later. Um, you, sir, right in the front. Yes. Uh, wait for the mic. Oh there we go. Ah, thanks. Oh, that's much better. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, it's uh, not just a question to Jess, but also to you, Dan. Um, how do you monetize your Instagram feed? Is it something that you do actively? Or is it Instagram just merely a platform for you to promote yourself and your vision and just a way to lead to monetize on other 
things. Miss Underground was never going to be making money. I mean, everyone has been saying for the last two years I should do a book. But, you know, that's from, that's from everybody else's point of view. Um, the book was never supposed, you know, good about making money. That's my just obsession. Um, but you can answer the monetizing. Well, it's an interesting thing, right? I mean, uh, uh, how does an artist make money? I mean, there, um, you know, I, uh, there are a lot of people I know who don't, um, who don't do anything wi other, than, other than shoot for the love of it. Um, I still shoot for the love of it, but mm. uh, in addition to being a designer and creative director, I'm also a, a photographer. I'm all these things kind of somewhat part-time, but also all, all of these things all the time. And uh, for me, Instagram has become a doorway into doing photography professionally. Um, but I don't do photography even, even professionally, whether, it's whether it has something to do with my feed or not, that I don't want to do anyway. Uh, because ultimately, that's the same way I, I, I treat design. It's the same way I, I treated music when I was a singer. Like, if, it, if, it's not, if I'm not getting pleasure and enjoyment out of it, it doesn't matter that I'm getting paid for it. But that's, so that's my approach to it. Mm. Um, I would never want, it to want that dynamic to change. I know I, I have some really good friends who are, again, because of Instagram, they've gone from never having been a photographer to having a career in it. Our, our last guest, Emmanuel Cole, has developed uh, and is developing actively a career as a photographer because of picking up an iPhone and starting to shoot and sharing on Instagram and that becoming a big platform and people discovering your work. Um, I've also heard from, I mean, just in general terms, Instagram and, and other social networks, but especially Instagram when it comes to photos, has turned into this way that people, not just people, agencies and brands find photographers rather than looking for portfolios. I've actually heard from a number of professional photographers who have been shooting for 20, 30 years that they're realizing that their customers, their potential customers, are finding them not through their portfolio, not through their agents, not through their typical methods, but coming to them directly through Instagram. So that shows a shift in a bigger market. Uh, you know, whether you should monetize, I, I hate the term monetization. Ah. It's it's a it's a buzzword for me, uh, but but it's but it serves a purpose, right? Uh, making money from something you love is a is not something to be afraid of or ashamed of mm -hmm. at all. And I think if you can do that and you can do it without compromising what you love about a thing, then that's the best way to do it. Uh, and and more power to anyone who can create art and get people to pay them for it. Yeah, so uh, I think we'll leave it there. Again, thank you very much for coming out tonight. Thank you for uh, listening and watching out there on the podcast. And uh, a big thanks to Apple for hosting this series, uh, which is fantastic. Thank you for uh, all my guests, uh, but especially Jess tonight. We'll see you all again next month. And uh, again, thanks for being here. <laughs>